Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good Risings, I'm Liz Earnshaw, and this is Hash It Out. Today, I am answering another listener question. All week, we have been looking at questions that people have submitted to me on my Instagram account. You can also submit your own questions on my Instagram account at Liz Listens. So let me pull up today's listener question. Today's question is, what are some tips for communication if your partner has an avoidant attachment style? So for those of you listening, an avoidant attachment style has to do with a person who, when in a relationship, they tend to feel anxiety when there's a lot of closeness. And so when there's a lot of closeness, what that person might do is they might respond to that by withdrawing, pulling away, kind of moving more in, in, into themselves. And sometimes they might also start to think of reasons to push the other person away. So they might find interests outside of the relationship that they put a ton of energy into. So there's not a lot of energy that gets put into the relationship. They kind of move away from the relationship. When we think about attachment styles, what attachment is about is it's about how safe we feel in a relationship. So when we're connecting and attaching with another person, how safe do we feel? If we have a sense of anxiety in the relationship or in relationships in general, we're going to respond to that anxiety. We're either going to respond to it by having what I just described, which is an avoidant style, or having an anxious attachment style, which I don't like that it's called an anxious attachment style because both insecure attachment styles have an underpinning of anxiety, but in an anxious attachment style is more what we would associate with what anxiety looks like, which is more frenetic, right? There's a lot of attempts to connect. There's attempts to have conversations, texting, all of that kind of stuff. So this person's asking, what do I do to communicate with my partner who has an avoidant attachment style? So what do we do when a relationship makes another person feel anxious. Well, first we have to figure out what's going on underneath. Like why does relationship make them feel anxious? And you're not their therapist, so you don't have to dig too deep, but just thinking about them, what is it? For somebody who has the more frenetic type of insecure attachment, what makes them feel anxious is usually kind of a fear of an abandonment, right? I'm gonna be left. This person isn't gonna to talk to me. They don't wanna be with me. They wanna be with somebody else. And so there's this anxiety that asks them to kind of move towards the relationship. Now, when somebody has an avoidant attachment style, there tends to be some different thinking, which is this relationship might suffocate me. I might lose my sense of self. I might not have my own autonomy. And so when you get close to me, it overwhelms me. People with avoidant attachment also tend to feel overwhelmed by just communicating about feelings. And so if you're communicating about your feelings, that's gonna feel overwhelming and they might shut down. Now, why is that? Well, people who have avoidant attachment tend to have grown up without as rich of kind of like an emotional communication world in their families, which means that 
in their family or even actually in the larger culture, which is why we often assign men with the identifier of avoidant attachment, whether it's true or not. If somebody doesn't grow up talking about feelings, they're not going to feel comfortable talking about feelings as an adult and especially talking about feelings when it's high stakes. So what can you do? Well, the first thing you can do is you can recognize who your partner is and what type of communication they prefer. To do that, you also have to recognize who you are and what type of communication you prefer. So my guess is, is that whoever wrote this question identifies more with having a secure attachment style or maybe even anxious. And so what do you usually appreciate about communication? You might say, well, I tend to do really, really well when people are very clear about how they're feeling. Um, And I like to talk about emotions and I like to talk a lot about what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. And I like to problem solve and I like to do all of that. What about your partner? What is your partner like? Does your partner actually prefer to think on things a little bit longer instead of hashing it all out in the moment? So do they need a heads up? Do they tend to think that feelings aren't particularly helpful? So when you're asking them to talk about their feelings, is that overwhelming to them? And instead of asking about their feelings, maybe you can ask about their thoughts or you can ask them what solutions they think they want to come up with. Another thing that can be really helpful in terms of communication with people who don't tend to want to sit down and really talk about feelings and communicate is to communicate when you're doing something. So, hey, let's go for a walk and chat. Let's cook together and talk. Let's go for a hike. When you're doing those types of things, they can be activated in other areas of their body, which will help them navigate their anxiety while they're communicating. But my biggest piece of advice is to ask your partner without diagnosing them. Don't say, hey, you have an avoidant attachment style, so how can I talk to you, right? Because you're making one seem like it's worse than the other. Just saying, you know, when it comes to relationships and talking about conflict, talking about feelings, how do you usually like to do that? And then work together to try to find a solution where you meet in the middle. I'm Liz Earnshaw. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm the author of I Want This to Work. And you can find me on Instagram at Liz Listens. Thank you so much for listening to Good Risings. We love to hear from you. So please take a moment to leave us a review. Until next time, love on your loved ones. And when that gets hard, tune in to me to learn how to hash it out. We have some exciting news. You can now search more than 700 Good Risings episodes on the new Fathom.fm app, the podcast player from the future. Go to Fathom.fm slash Good Risings, ask questions and hear answers directly from the Good Risings podcast. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues 
for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.